anus. Like for real, for real. And she said in order to have a bowel movement, they had to inject her booty hole with Botox. Now what if your insurance don't cover that? <laughs> Brittany. Come back. <laughs> Bitch, Botox. All right. Hello. And welcome back to your favorite podcast. Even though you didn't know it was your favorite, it's your motherfucking favorite. Hey, welcome back to Black Girl Manifest Podcast. It's me, your host who loves wine, Brittany. And it's me, your host who loves milk and antacids. And who? Antacids, Tom's, <laughs> Anika. That girl is living a different life than I am. A different life. Can't wait to be the teacher who on the cruise ship FaceTime me. Like, yeah, just you know, just pat her on the back a couple times. She got a little gas. Somewhere else would be like, um, who so who's doing the padding? How are you? How's your week been growing? I have had an interesting week, but mm-hmm. all in all, um, it's been pretty good. I'm starting to get a lot of things. So I'm kind of feeling some pressure to get uh, get this room together a little bit further, child. I'm getting things and they all piling up. So okay. got to get it together. But Hey, we decided on a scheme, like a room scheme. Yes, actually I'm going to do, it was a toss up, but because I couldn't find a lot of stuff, I might mix them, but I'm going to do um, baby elephants. Um, but more of a like the one that the comforter that I saw has like some gold um, like a I don't know what that's called like a gold sheet kind of look that kind of gives you like this Indian feel and we found it on Amazon Target yeah I wanted to do um, mermaids but I couldn't I wanted to do black mermaids but I could not find any mermaid comfort so what I will do is if I see, I might mix some stuff based on what the color schemes are and just mm-hmm. kind of, you know, switch them out. And then maybe when she's older, she can, you know, we can have It's more okay. Comfort. You know, my girl can have more than one comfort set, you know. Okay. Right. right. Yeah. <laughs> we got you, girl. We got you. I don't know why I like elephants right now. So maybe because I feel like one. I thought that was cute. Anyway. Wow. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well. How are you? How was your week? I am good. I am doing a little self quarantine because one of my coworkers tested positive for COVID. Well, first of all, there's been kind of like an outbreak at work. Uh, for those who don't know, I work in the COVID facility where I handle COVID and um there's been an outbreak of we have 10 associates there's been an outbreak of four who have had covid and then the other day one of my co-workers decided she was going to come to work her baby had a fever she should not have come to work and my supervisor decided to let her come to work and so you know we take covid tests every tuesday and friday we took ours friday the co-worker was not there saturday 
Um, and here it is Sunday. You gotta get your nose stuck up twice a week, every week. Um, well, we have the option of where we can, you know, like this is gross, but spit into the vial. Yes, or I'm going to do a nice hot. <laughs> we can either spit in there, we can swab our mouths, or we can do our nose. And what I've been doing is just like swabbing my 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 throat and like putting a little bit of spit into the vial. Um, so we did that on Friday. My coworker did not show up to work on Saturday, and it did not register to me until today. Um, when I wasn't feeling too well, I was well. I'm, I'm not gonna say that I was not feeling well, but like I had like a minor headache, which is not too bad for me. Like there's something that's normal, um, unfortunately for me. Um, and I had a sore throat. Now, and I'm just thinking to myself, like, okay, it was raining yesterday. I went outside with no hat on and I went to the store just because it was kind of drizzling and I came back home and now I don't feel well and it's honestly because like now Memphis is in the fall season officially like it's been hot but now it's kind of trying to cool down so just taking precaution um I let my boss know like hey like I have a sore throat and I got a, a headache or whatever and she was like yeah don't come to work you know come get tested tomorrow so just doing that but I know it's probably more allergies than it is COVID, but just taking the necessary precautions. Yeah, because that was last year's um, type of shit. Like, oh, you know, I just got allergies and I went outside with my head wet. This year it's like, bitch, we don't know. Yeah, yeah you can't tell, and especially with uh, cases going up or whatever, and everybody want to be careless. You can't just, you know, you can't take it for granted. Um, and then I've been doing like a little, you know, getting my plant shop on. Remember that plant that you had that was kind of like, it's like a philodendron, but it's like got the crazy leaves. Lickety split. I saw that. And I was Lickety say- split. I got me a lickety split philodendron today for $4.49 from Kroger. And I'm honestly thinking about going to get you one, but I don't know how it will ship it. So... I mean, four dollars and forty nine cents. You can't, you can't pick it up. Huh? You can't pick it up forty nine cents. Do you have some brown paper? No, but I can go get some. By the time you get done buying it, it's gonna be twice the amount of plant. But it, you know, that's what I see them do. They just wrap it in brown paper and put it in a box and just send it. And then when you unwrap it, it kind of unfolds as long as everything was healthy beforehand. Mm-hmm. Remember, because I okay. Okay. I have like a little box over here that the plant can honestly, you know, we're going to figure it out. I'm going to get you a $4.49 for the uh, liquidy split. I'm going to go to the car with tomorrow. I was watching Megan Thee Stallion, you know, the Body Yachty song. Mm-hmm. And I was like, bruh, why I got to be in a situation when this come on? I can't nowhere near do that shit. But it, my body don't even move right. I want to just be able to do that freely. And I got to wait. And this song going to be old. Have, have have you listened to her CD? No, but I'm 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 going to as soon as I actually um, like my start making Thanksgiving food. That's what I think I'm gonna listen to. I like it. It's it's really nice. I do like body. Well, I was I will say I like the body video a lot more than I like the song. Mm-hmm. Um, but the first track, she goes off, and she goes off on Tory Lanez, and she goes off on her friend Kelsey, and it's just like. Okay, Meg, like, I just don't understand, you know, why people have to approve themselves. Like, 
I wish I, why well, do, this is something that I have to entertain, but whatever. But it's, it's a really good album. I am, I'm getting more into music again. For a long time, I would just like, uh, like take apart what I liked, but now I'm, I'm trying to listen to like full bodies of work. So 2020, this part of 2020 has been really good musically. Uh, like Ariana Grande has been really good. I love her Positions album. Um, I love Two Change, this new album, uh, So Help Me God. I love uh, Future and Lil Uzi Vert's, their collaboration, and Megan. I love their music, her music. So, so yeah. Future and Lil Uzi Vert have a collaboration, then you talk, then Megan separately. Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. So did you before we get into the topic, did you did you uh watch Gucci and Jeezy? I did, but I watched it. I okay, so this is the thing with the verses. I watched them, but I missed major moments because I I have to put what what I'm gonna do for the next one is just put it on the TV and watch it like a show mm-hmm. because I'm watching it on my phone and, it, and it's just too much, it's too too many distractions. And then I get tired of sitting and waiting and then I just can't watch a whole versus the whole way unless I put it on the TV and just sat down and watched it like a show. And that's what right. I, I missed a lot of the good parts, but her Gucci was showing out. Listen, I had this originally been like uh, Gucci, I mean, uh, Jeezy and T.I. I think I would have been a lot more um, uh, Jeezy even though that T.I. has more musical, you know, more music and a lot more hits than Jeezy has. Um, I just don't, I try to separate the artist from the music and I just don't really care for T.I. as a person anymore. <laughs> but I love both both Gucci and Jeezy equally. And I was definitely team Gucci. I don't see how y'all are praising somebody playing their first album from 2005 on shuffle but okay it's just, um that that's just me in my opinion i feel like if you know jeezy wanted to really slaughter gucci man musically he could have oh you think because, so yes because he has a lot more you know gucci man is a lot more mixtape mm-hmm. person and then jeezy is a lot more you know commercial uh def jam g uh jay-z and um he's a lot more musical number ones and i just feel like he could have done a lot better but people but else do they line up and stuff for them i was like the the music like if you're gonna play this i'm gonna play somebody else has to help with that you ain't telling me they're doing that on their own i just don't believe that no i think it's more of like timbaland and swiss beats may have something to do with it okay but for the culture, I think that it was something definitely that was amazing given their background or whatever. But yeah, I think it was, I, I definitely had my, you know, my 10 piece ready to go. I was, I was excited for that. So the thug in me was happy for that. That girl in me was happy for that because as soon as you said you was making wings, I was like, you know what? I too will have wings. But I also want a burger, so I'm gonna just do both. And <laughs> as y'all saw, I put my burger and my Caribbean jerk wings and my home yeah. fries, and everything was made in the motherfucking air fryer, and it was wonderful. It looked good at AF. It looked good at AF. 
oh, it was lit ass. We was just sitting there like, and I'm like, damn, I still got two more hours to this shit start. I'm about to go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it was it was. Um, I would I can't really give an overall because I wasn't that engaged with it. But I definitely I too was team Gucci, but also really liked Jeezy because Jeezy like their music went hard in college days. So each like the songs that they played was you know you remember like a significant moment or yeah time or an event and it was just like okay don't give me I'm gonna tell y'all I don't I don't remember hearing this song but um um. I think it was it Jeezy's first. What was his first album? Something one on one. Jeezy, uh, trap music one on one. Okay, so it was Thug Motivation then. Thug Motivation one on one. I'm sorry. Well, on one of those, it was a song with Lloyd. I'm a I'm a tear that puss up. I, that, he didn't play it. He didn't play it. He didn't play it. He didn't play it. Like, what are you saying? Listen, that was my song. That one baby num baby mama. No, what? What he say? I got one baby mama. No, bitch, one what? Like, I can be a thug in your life. <laughs> I'm like, you know what? That was somebody coming over for a booty call music right there. Period. I'm period. period. I'm period. I'm period. I'm period. I'm period. <laughs> period. That's what it was. Period. And then yeah. Gucci Man didn't play Freaky Girl. She's a very freaky girl. He didn't from no, he didn't play that. See, he could have definitely played played that. Yeah. And then I didn't even realize about the beef until I kept seeing somebody like this meme with one dude jumping and I guess Jeezy kid wanna pookie lock and ookie dot. I don't know what the fuck. I didn't know nothing. <laughs> Gucci Man. <laughs> <laughs> That girl said Pookie Lock and Pookie Dot. <laughs> I didn't know what was going on, but I'm like, okay. So was Gucci like really still actively like, fuck you? Because I didn't know the Radrick Davis thing with him going to jail again had something to do with that. I thought it was, I never even. Uh, well, okay, so for those who don't know the history, I'm going to give a brief history. Um, Gucci Man and Jeezy don't like e- did not like each other because of the history between the So Icy song um the song had to play at the end so icy was supposed to be on a tm 101 and gucci man decided to release it on his mixtape which made jeezy upset how 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 does the so icy song go oh you know you like it oh i'm so icy so icy whose song is that now it's technically gucci man's song Okay, but Jeezy had it first. It was for him. Jeezy is a feature on the song. Oh, so was he supposed to be the other way around, you said? So it was actually supposed to be on Jeezy's CD, the Thug Motivation 101. Oh, but they did Which man decided to release it on a mixtape and get it, you know, airplayed on the radio. Oh, that's how it started. Right, so kind of missed some money up or whatever. And so they got into it over that. And then uh, Jeezy put out basically a bounty on Gucci Mane's chain, quote unquote, his, you know, his snow chain. And I'm recording. What? 
So, um, Jeezy put a bounty on Gucci Man's, you know, chain. But with the chain, you know, comes the the body and the head along with the chain. You just can't snatch somebody's chain and they just be done on that. Okay? I did huh? I did that before. You snatched somebody's chain? Yeah. It was no big deal. Go ahead. Let me stop. That was my okay. All right. <laughs> he put a $10,000 bounty on the chain or whatever and Gucci felt the type of way because, you know, you can't just snatch my chain. So then, um, coincidentally, Gucci Mane was at somebody's house, you know, female's house, and the house was uh, bombarded by a couple of Jeezy's friends, and Jeezy's one of Jeezy's close friends was ended up ended up getting killed by Gucci Mane because uh, you know they raided the house or whatever, and so then. Gucci Mane was um, plus self-defense and he was able to get, you know, get the charges dismissed and whatever because of, you know, he was, he was, it was actually self-defense. He was being robbed. And so then Gucci Mane went to jail later because of gun charges and all that kind of stuff because he's a felon. So that's the history behind it. And you just kind of never let it go because you don't get an apology for it. Like you, you put ten thousand dollars out for my chain, quote unquote. But we know, we all know what comes with it. Um. So for I feel like for Gucci Mane to sit in a room with somebody who had a a bounty on my head, even I don't care if it was fifteen years ago, this has not been resolved. I felt like that was big of him and noble of him. But then a lot of people are saying, well, you know, Jeezy's trying to move on and he's a bigger man. Da 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 da. Well, he's not the one who put a bounty on somebody, you know, somebody had a bounty on his head. So it's a lot different. So that that's the history behind it a little bit. So if they were able to move on behind it, then kudos. Amazing to them. But yeah, that's the little history behind that. Well, that was a beautiful trap history. I, Thank you. I stand. I, you know, I will give y'all more trap history as we go on through the podcast, but yeah. I like that. The trap history. That was really beautifully explained. Now I feel like I truly understand and I wish I would have known this earlier. <laughs> this is what happens when you date hood niggas and marry a hood nigga, y'all. All right. I don't know. That's that's okay. That's beautifully broken down. Thank you. Shout out to your nigga. <laughs> Damn. Mm-hmm. Well, all right. Good job. Well, I am Gucci. this week um i wanted to discuss a documentary that i watched that really had me so troubled for like nights um this documentary just came out probably like a couple weeks ago maybe three it's called trial four on netflix i just wanted to you know discuss the events of the trial and how it relates to um policing and Mm. how we view things and people as guilty and it's just not fair um with that being said have you ever just like I know you probably have you could have been going down the street or whatever you see somebody a whole bunch of police cars like um around the car or got somebody in handcuffs and you look at that person like oh what they do Mm -hmm. saying like oh they do what happened 
or or somebody goes on trial um and they're pronounced guilty and you're like damn that's fucked up so that means you did it the amount of people who are who believe when they see people in handcuffs um or being pulled over or just you know surrounded by police or when you know people that are convicted of a crime and that are you know said to be guilty people really you perceive they're perceived as guilty and it's not that's not really the case just because the police said they were or they're in handcuffs that doesn't make them inherently guilty or that they did anything wrong and i think we miss that as a people we just assume oh ooh 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 they must be right and this trial although i've watched so many just kind of peel back you see what i did there it peeled back the layers of how police just be lazy motherfucking lying motherfucking lying for their own benefit do we want to break it down bit by bit um yeah. i will say that i saw this on my netflix um you know how like you get the header based on what you watch I saw this and I was like, I am tired of this shit. I don't want to watch this shit no more. Uh, this is like a tragedy porn. I don't want to watch this no fucking more. I'm tired of where are the good stories about black people. I'm fucking tired of this shit. Yeah, and I, you know, when I saw it, I was more like, hmm, what's this about? Another black man taking on trial? And I was just thinking like, I don't even know why I would do that to myself again, but I was like, hmm, let's watch it. He's black. I like to, when I, when Netflix comes out with something now, I like to watch the black stuff first and then I get to the white stuff. So as I'm watching it, so anyway, let me, let me give a little back. Trial 4 is a documentary about a um, black man, of course. His name was Sean Ellis. He was, it's called trial four because he was, I don't know if the right terminology is convicted, but they had four different trials. Well, we'll get into that about number four. He was, on he was or not eventually convicted. Eventually convicted of being guilty of killing a police officer in Boston. So the way the documentary starts off is you kind of, they introduce you to the guy um, and you kind of see him and his character. And honestly, you don't know what people are capable of, but this don't seem like no type of dude, you know what I'm saying? But he was like really docile and just um, not, it didn't seem very street savvy to me. I don't want to call him like the words I'm thinking of, but he just wasn't very hip to anything. He seemed just kind of like an innocent nature to me. I, I will say that he was street savvy because he did say that he had to sell drugs in order for his family to survive. That's true. That's um, true. But he was not the typical, I'm not even going to say typical because that's what they expect you to say, but st- stereotypical, he wasn't that type of black guy. He wasn't somebody who looked like they was holding a gun all the time. And in fact, they even had to say like, we had to get wise to know that we were supposed to carry guns if we're going to sell drugs and have money on this because you know people would rob us but to me he was he had a speech impediment he just did not seem like somebody who was going to kill a police officer and like you said people you never know what people are going to do but if i was going to look at him and look at somebody else i'd be like okay well he's not going to be the one to kill somebody he this person is you know right 
exactly. She she said it perfectly. I forgot about the drug dealing part, but you know what I'm saying? It is what it is. Um, this happened during the 90s. I think mid-90s is when all this went down. So anyway, police officer is sitting in his um, car. I guess he was like, um, almost like he was off duty, but he was patrolling a Walgreens. And supposedly, and, and he was shot in his face, but the way he was shot, it was like four or five times, like eye to eye nose. It was like a significant place where they shot him. So what the police um, chief, I think called it immediately was an execution um, to kind of like heighten senses and heighten awareness. So they were just on the search looking for who it could be. And of course they wanted to pin it down. So the, from my understanding, as, um, he was living with his, his two cousins and two days after the police officer was shot, two or three days, um, his, both of his cousins were shot and killed. Um, and he said he was living with them. So he was on his, I guess he was on his way home to the apartment because I guess he wasn't there when it happened. And there was police officers surrounding his door. Somehow, some way they interviewed family members and his uncle and I might've missed something here, but the uncle at some point mentioned him and they wanted to talk to him. And I believe from when they wanted to talk to him, they kind of already felt like they were going to try to pin it on him. So they were talking to him about supposedly the murders of his two um, girl cousins. And I guess they asked him a couple questions about it and then immediately went to, do you know anything about, um, what was the police officer's name? Start with an M, Millbrook. Or Mulligan. Mulligan. There we go. How could I forget that name? Um, they immediately went into that. He's like, no, because, you know, like, you know, I'm sure he heard about it. He's like, no, but, and he even put himself at the crime scene for whatever reason. He was like, no, but I was at the Walgreens and I was buying Pampers. And I was just like, oh shit, here we go from there. Because all they wanted was just somebody to pin it on. And then as the documentary gets further and further, we find out why they just wanted somebody to pin it on it had to just be somebody it couldn't just be you know um the real investigation on what happened and so they somehow you know they waited until his cousins the day of his cousin's funeral i guess when his guards were down because they were following him for a while and they waited till that day to arrest him and convict him uh, or charge him rather i will say one thing you said about uh i don't you don't know why he said he was at the scene of the crime but when you're somebody who doesn't have anything to hide it's like okay well i'm going to tell you i was there here's the receipt this is the time i was there if you're just imagine if he didn't say well no nah, i wasn't at walgreens i wasn't there then they would be like oh you're lying so you for sure did it that's true too and i thought about that i was like you know but just because we in like in these times just i think in the late 80s, early 90s, because even around the time when the um, the Exonerated Five happened, it was kind of like a lot of things that the police officers did that I think that even the kids' parents just weren't hip to, like, hey, you can't do that, or I'm not going to be threatened by you telling me empty threats. Some of that stuff wouldn't hold over as much today, and I think we're more aware. So with that being said, it will be hard for me, even though I will be innocent, it will be hard for me to want to place myself there just knowing how sneaky police are. But because he didn't have anything high, like Brittany said, 
It was not a big deal. He had a receipt to produce. Everything was fine. Um, let me see. So somehow one of the police officers, so let me just give y'all a just, I'm trying to go in order, but the police officers that he was working with, um, that was working around, they were all corrupt, including the one that was shot and killed. He was very corrupt. So there were many other people that would have wanted this man dead, many other people, not Sean Ellis. But what had happened was, and this is the part that was kind of blurred to me, he was actually, the person he was with supposedly actually killed him, right? Killed the police officer. What's his name, Terry? Yeah, Terry, Terry something. And I don't even, I'm, I'm not even convinced that he did it. And that's what I was thinking. The documentary really left me like, mm, okay, so what, what, what motivation would he have? So supposedly the guy he was with did it. So that was their defense where, you know, because I don't, I don't know if they got him first or Terry first. I can't remember. Um, Terry was, they got Terry first, I believe. And then what made it, you know, the uh, Sean statement about, yes, I was there at the Walgreens. And then they said that Terry, you know, uh, said that Sean was the gunman. Mm, okay. Okay. So, uh, one thing, uh, let's, let's get into these police officers a little bit. Okay, so with, with, with the police officers being so corrupt, before we even uncovered the corruptness, there was one police officer, his name was, I think, Brazel. One of them, no, 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 it might be somebody else, but he... Brazel was the captain. So it wasn't Brazel. His, one of them, the whoever was Hispanic, his girlfriend's... Acera. Who? Acera. A Sarah, bitch ass. His girlfriend had a niece who supposedly was at Walgreens around that time, which we'll get into that as well. Um, and she, that was the witness, that was the main witness that said she saw Sean crouching beside the car so she could vouch for the times that he was there and he was looking suspicious with Terry. So she was supposedly, since she had been in the Walgreens, she was buying soap and stayed for 20 minutes. She was the main witness which is problem within itself because you personally know the police officer. And then when they went to identify him um, in a lineup, she kept getting it wrong. And he was like, like, okay, no, this is not it. They're on this page. But the, I mean, he was just too, he was directing her too much. It wasn't and, until he pulled her out of the room and they had a conversation off the record which was not recorded, and they came back five minutes later, and she was like, oh, now I know who it is. It's him. Excuse me? Well, how do you know who it is after a, a break? You and the prosecutor, huh? If you need a sneaker, you're not yourself when you're hungry. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> the prosecutor on the case, she was a little bitch, too. She even knew something was up. I think that was her who was like, wait a minute. What's going on here? Right. And, okay, wait a minute. Let, let's dig into the police just a little bit more. Yeah. I don't know if you caught this or not. Okay, so there were three police officers. I just remember Mulligan, Asera, and I can't remember the other one's name. Brazel and one more. I can't remember that. Yeah, one. Brazel was the Brazel was the uh, the captain, but it was another one. I, I can't remember his name. But Mulligan, Asera, and the other cop's name that we don't remember uh these cops were cops that were uh drug cops 
Mm-hmm. Now when Mulligan is killed, Sarah and the other cop, whose name we can't remember, they were the lead detectives on this case, which should be funny because you're not a homicide detective. You're a drug officer. So why are you leading this? Why are you leading this case? Because it's some corruption going on and y'all trying to um, hide some things and the stuff that you got going on, you don't want it to come to the light. The captain who was corrupt as well, because his name came up way too many times, should have never allowed them to be homicide detectives because what do you know about homicide if you're a drug cop what do you know about that and then i had a little bit of faith of the the at first i did have faith i was like okay so she sees like the messiness that's going on she got questions and seeing what you know why are you on this case and da 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 and turned out to be she was just as terrible as the rest of them she was and i mean because i think that we know that the prosecutor works hand in hand with the police. They just do. And they're in a position where they're almost like an independent contractor because they're trying to supposedly get justice. But to me, when I hear prosecutor, I'm here to prosecute you. That ain't fuck the justice. I'm just here to do, to make you look guilty. And that's my job. So I have to um, take in, I have to work closely with the police and i have to make my own conclusions but at the same time to me they work too closely with the police i was trying to find the other guy's name i want to say it was like rob robertson or something go ahead and find it for you you found it i said you can go ahead with your points okay okay um yeah so these these okay what Brittany said these were drug officers um and so what they were doing was which I'm pretty sure police officers do do this, but they were like robbing the drug dealers um, for money. Um, And then they they were, I believe drugs as well. Did I miss that? No, but accurate. um, Yeah, they were, they pretty much were, were taking things, but then, so they would like do raids and different things and the number of raids and stuff they would do, they would they weren't, and the money they were turning in wasn't matching up. Like when they went back and pull, you know, pull records and compare things, this shit wasn't adding up. Like, okay, there if this if you recovered all these drugs, where was the money? Because if you're gonna find drugs, you're gonna find money. You know, it usually goes hand in hand, and they were coming up short with the money. Then Mulligan was somehow involved. I guess he was one of their like he was doing that as well. So there was a lot of people that even they said in the documentary where, you know, he pissed a lot of people off. The other so, his name was Robinson. Robinson. That's why I thought it was Rob, Rob something. Okay. And yeah, so there was even a guy who testified against one of the officers, um, <laughs> which is kind of funny. Like, yeah, I was selling drugs. He took my shit. Like, I want to tell. And that's pretty bad. Like, you know what I'm saying? But I guess from one of the things they said in the documentary was like, you don't want to go against a bad cop just because, how, you know, I guess bad things could really go for you. Um, so, yeah, with all that being said, their motivation was to pin it on somebody so that their shit just doesn't leak out far further. So let's fuck up somebody else's life because, I mean, we got just shit. So mind you, um, 
the officer that was killed, Mulligan, he was, they said he was living above his means. He had, like, cause where did you get the money to have like eight different condos? You're a police officer. How do you have that, you know, eight different condominiums? Like, where are you getting that money from? Also, he was like stealing time at work. And I just, one of the officers they interviewed or like internal affairs or something was like, you know, it wasn't much that we could do, you know, they were trying, they were on to him, but they couldn't prove it. And I was like, hmm, because if he was a black officer, I'm pretty sure y'all would have pulled shit together real fast to prove it. But y'all just didn't, it, you didn't see the urgency because you didn't really see the, it wasn't any, a whole lot of guilt associated with it. It's, it was just, these police are corrupt. And like you said, with the eight mortgages and was it eight mortgages or like rent? And then the officer who was killed, that officer, they even said that he was working like 21 hours out of 24 hours. How are you able to work that many hours and not get flagged on that? They also said that the officer who was killed, Officer Mulligan, he was a, uh, so you get paid more if you're, you get paid more if you're in court because you get like overtime hours for that. And then you get paid overtime hours for something else, but they didn't relate to what he was doing. Um, so he would be, and you would get overtime for four hours, no matter if you were there for 10 minutes, if you're there for four hours. So if you were there for 10 minutes, you got paid for the four hours of court. And that money um, was a greater amount than what your salary was in addition to your salary. So this officer Mulligan would be the person to go to. He was in court a lot more than he was on the street. Mm -hmm. So I don't know how that was possible. But then like, as you get further into the documentary, it says that he was stealing so much money that it was they went through like his records and his tallies about how many times he was in court and what courts he was at some of these courts were made up some of these courts were um some some documents that he falsified um some of them he were he was at court more than he was at he he listed that he was at court more times than the court was listed as open so right. stealing money from, you know, the system and then stealing money from, you know, people on the street as well. Which, I mean, he was doing this for a long time. So he, he was able to steal enough money over time to, what, like double his salary at least? Yes. If not, if not more than that, he, he, I mean, he did the most. And some of that shit wasn't adding up because a lot of those courts and those dates and stuff, like they looked and they never existed. Yes. But he got paid for it. Like this is after the fact, after somebody's asking them to look into this shit. Yes. So anyway, with all this being corrupt, knowing that this is what's in the background, um, it's kind of hard to, so anyway, they get to the first trial to convict. Oh, wait, one second, I just want to point out. And we um, it's not like somebody ran up on him while, you know, he was just sitting in the car and shot and killed him. He was sleep on a job. And they, you know what? And I was thinking, so nobody gone. I mean, I know he's dead now. So it's just like, he also was very sleep. Yeah. You at work and you sleep. Guess sleep. what? You sleep on a job. 
if you would have been awake, it might not have happened, but you just became so comfortable and predictable. I'm pretty sure people knew you was at Walgreens sleep. Right. And then uh, even further into the documentary, it talks about, you know, that he would bring prostitutes up to the Walgreens and have them perform, you know, oral, you know, services on him or whatever in front of the Walgreens. And this is something that I missed, but later on in the documentary, um, when he was shot, his pants were down. So he fell asleep with his pants down. So you just don't give a damn. <laughs> or maybe I, I don't I, I don't know. Maybe you were drugged or whatever. I don't know. But the fact is you were asleep with your pants at your ankles. You were asleep with your dick out. So that tells me that something else happened that probably was related. Yeah. But we're not gonna look there because we don't want to make him look bad. We don't want um him to look I mean, we just gonna pin it on the black man because that's what we do. Period. And the motivation supposedly from them was that they wanted his gun. Okay. Let's 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 get into the gun and some of the evidence. Because if he is the person with the gun, he took this gun to, first of all, he took this gun to his cousin's house. Then when he was at his cousin's house, when the police, you know, were there. He somehow, quote unquote, got under the table and was able to go into the house full of police, get the gun, take the gun out of the house without being caught, and then take the gun back to his girlfriend's house. But only his girlfriend's prints are on the gun. Make that make sense. That that makes I that really pisses me off because it just was too much that they were saying had to happen and everybody was like going with it. Now I thought you have ballistics and things like that to prove these things. So once they this is and this is how the police work once they know who you attach to then they start fucking with everybody around you to see if they're gonna fold see if they know something which would be a good idea if 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 somebody's really guilty and if they're not then they start threatening like oh well i'm gonna find some shit out about you so they start stalking the girlfriend unfortunately he had everybody in his life had other conditions going on where everybody folded one i have a question about one of them the girlfriend i was really upset with her but i could understand her plight she folded they got her to first of all first when i learned what they did to her i was fucking pissed that was fucked up Brittany, because she had like literally there was no need for them to do they follow her pressuring her and when they finally talked to her she you know she wasn't budging because there was nothing to talk about so at some point they asked to get her fingerprints and she was like yeah you can have my fingerprints because i ain't do nothing now all of a sudden that they have your fingerprints bitch on the gun now all of a sudden the fingerprints are on the gun and i'm trying to determine if the fingerprints that the police officers were able to like use the fingerprints that they got from her to put them on the gun or just to say that they've been in a system so they know what they look like you know what i'm saying like somebody had to run the forensics so who saw her fingerprints on the gun or did somebody just lie about that whole report i think it was just a lie um and if there was anything on the quote-unquote gun that they had because whoever knows who knows where that fucking gun came from i think what they probably would have done if push came to shove was taking the fingerprints that she voluntarily gave them which is stupid um, and when you're young, you don't know any better. But 
make the police do their job, y'all. Please make them. They this is what they get paid for. This is what our tax dollars go into. You don't have a warrant for my fingerprints. No, you cannot do. The, you can't have them. I'm not committing a crime. I'm sitting here talking to you. As a matter of fact, run me my lawyer. Exactly. That's where she fucked up at. But in her mind, and in a lot of our mind, like you know, I didn't do nothing. So whatever. What you gonna find against me if I'm not if I'm not guilty? They probably would have lifted her fingerprints off the paper and then put them under the gun if they was just going to do all that. But then that would have showed her more guilt than he did because his fingerprints are not on them. And Okay, so that's what I was thinking. Okay, so we know her fingerprints weren't on the gun, whatever it was, but I'm trying to wonder, like, who do they have that will allow the report? Somebody should be verifying some of the document. We're not just listening to the police. They're supposed to have that. Like, that's where I wonder, like, where it gets caught up at. Because somebody else is supposed to have seen this shit. You know, so y'all, everybody in cahoots. So remember, and, the two officers that, who were lead detectives, they were the ones handling the case. Nobody else. It was just them. And then the whatever team they have. I'm sure it's other corrupt, you know, police officers handling the case as well, along with them. But one thing that got me is, like, it didn't even occur to me until... You know, his lawyer, you know, said something. First of all, uh, I will like to say that uh, Sean had really good lawyers, like consistently. They just didn't have enough to help him in his, you know, instance. His first set of lawyers he had, I feel like they were really good, but there was a lot of information that was not being presented and they were hiding. But um, what what was I about to say? Um, the police officers that were corrupt leading the case. Yeah, so I, I didn't even realize this and it didn't even catch my attention until his lawyer said it, but why is all this major groundbreaking significant evidence being found, but only being found by these two lead detectives? Like, So y'all are in the field for five minutes and then y'all just find a gun? Like, <laughs> here goes the gun. We found it. Oh my gosh. Like, Really? So yeah, and back to the girlfriend. So they after they got her prints and then said her prints were on the gun, it was like, look, bitch, your prints on the gun now. And and so I need you to let us know what's up, how your prints got on the gun. So she they literally got her to fabricate a story about how she hit she saw him with the guns and she hid the guns in her house, right? Right. They got her to say that because they threatened her. They threatened to take her son away from her. But my thing is, like, they had no basis to do that. But I'm pretty sure because they're, you know, they work in a public, a position of a public, you know, office or whatever, they could have pulled some strings and actually made it happen. Yeah. And then, so she had to decide, do I lie and make my nigga go to jail, excuse me, go to jail? Or do I protect my child? And I mean, any mother will protect your, their child, but I just don't think that's, you know, obviously that's not fair to put in front of her because she wasn't guilty. Nobody was. Yeah, I just, when you're young and I, you are super green to, you know, what the police have going on, you at some point, until the police do you wrong or you just see how the police do people wrong, you're going to think, okay, well, the police are there to help. You know, police are there to assist. And it's gonna, you know, do whatever is best for me in this moment. And I think that's where she was green and not knowing 
what to do then and then when you present you know that that's the worst thing you could do to a mother is take their baby away so i'm not even finna play with you like that so whatever you want me to do i'm gonna do it like because you 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 can't take my child away from me especially being somebody who's so young so i fought her i, I fought her but i only fought her for not being knowledgeable and knowing. Right. same same and i think he he even mentioned he felt the same too like um so when we see him he's out of jail but he's out after like what uh i think he was supposed to do life and he's out after like only half of the sentence sentence like no it was like 20 i was like 18 years he did 18 or 20 years he did 22 years 22 okay that's what it was 22 years and he was out they were able to get him out but yet he still had another oh wait back up back up just a little bit so while he did go to jail he that he went to jail after his third well he was in jail right yeah he was in jail so his first trial was after they presented as a mistrial um the second trial was a mistrial because of the evidence or his uncle was trying to speak about what's happening so in in addition to them, the police saying like, okay, we're going to take your child away to his girlfriend. They're telling his uncle as well, like, you just got out of jail. You were on probation. If you don't tell us what we want to hear, we're going to put you back in jail. And so nobody wants to go back to jail. And so it's one of them instances where it's, you know, it's either me or you, basically, you know, which fucking sucks. But on the, sec- the second trial, the uncle was trying to, you know, get some more information out and explain to the jury and, they- jury, and they just kept cutting him off, cutting him off, cutting him off. And so when the third trial comes around, the uncle is just taking off the witness stand altogether. So that's, that's the kind of part, I, that's the part I was kind of like unclear on. I, I might have fell asleep on one of those. So, okay, so going back, the first trial was a mistrial because it was a hung jury, that most of the jurors understood that this wasn't enough evidence to convict this man, but there was one guy that was like, nope, he did it on some Trump shit. He did it, and you can't have a hung jury, which I feel like at this point, if the majority of the jury says he didn't do it, then fuck the other person. That's how I think it should be, but obviously, maybe... In addition to that, you know, I think they came up with that conclusion, like, maybe the first day and the judge kept sending them back. Nope, find a find a solution. Sending them back, find a solution. Send them back. They were in there for like eight days. Yeah, they were the first Tia, one. Until they were like, they told the judge, look, we cannot come to an agreement. He's, you know, we're done. We're, we're done. Yeah. So they had a, and then they were talking to one of the first juror ladies, and she was like really emotional because she felt convicted in her heart that, you know, this man was innocent there wasn't you didn't show us enough evidence to convict him then on the second trial it was the same thing a hung jury but this time instead of eight days i think it was like three days yes and then the third trial instead of three days it was like some hours it was three hours and it's because they didn't put the uncle on the the witness stand um because the the two the two uh hung juries they were hung because of what the uncle was saying what was he saying, Brittany? Because that's the um, part I was like, because he was a witness for the prosecution, right? Yes. So he was trying to, you know, say, well, he was there, but not at this time. And they were trying to cut all that um, inconsistencies out. Mm-hmm. So they were trying to make themselves look good and, you know, making Sean look bad. So, and the lady, 
the the first lady on the first trial she was like you know i had reservations because of the uncle and then you talk to somebody you know you talk to a, a person who was on the jury the second trial and he was like you know i was had reservations because of the uncle and so when a third trial comes around and they're finding guilty and the first lady from the first trial comes it's like well how were you able to find him guilty and she was like well how how were you not able to find him guilty and she was like well what about what his uncle said and the lady from the third trial was like what uncle like we didn't hear any testimony from my uncle right right and that okay that's what it was and that's that just really blew my mind because I really wonder what even the first two jurors thought about what the girlfriend said. It, it, was it easy to realize that she was not telling the truth? But then at the same time, when they interviewed her like up to date, she couldn't say I, t- I didn't tell the truth because then they could have got her for what perjury lying on the stand. I, I mean, really, you fucked either way. Yeah. What it, it's just. One thing that really pisses me off, and I think this is just a soul thing that pisses me off. Um, this case reminded me a lot about uh, the Curtis Flowers case, which happened in Mississippi. It's the same thing where Curtis was, they said he went to his employer where he was fired and he killed four, it was either four or six people. And he was on trial and he kept appealing and appealing and appealing and appealing. He appealed five times. And the attorney, the DA for that case kept trying and kept trying and kept trying to, instead of just letting it fucking go. Because it's clearly inconsistencies. So this case reminded me a lot about that. But one thing that really pisses me off is, y'all know this boy didn't do this. Y'all know it. And you, you, you're just trying to pin it on somebody so you can get your ass at the fire, first of all. But then while you're trying to get your ass at the fire, the person who really did, who really did it is either in jail for another crime that they're going to get released for, or they're still out here roaming the streets. So you'd rather have somebody in jail just to save face. And then when, one thing about I've noticed about the police is when they're wrong, they're going it's the not to I die. They, they're not going to admit that they were wrong or, you know, has like, okay, well, we were, we weren't correct about this. We jumped the gun. We didn't investigate enough and we didn't, we didn't do this or we didn't do blah, blah, blah. And that's what, I don't want to jump to the end, but that's, that really burned me up at the end. Yeah. So, um, so fast forward to real life when you're talking to him and he's, you know, in the documentary, um, you know, getting ready. He has this different lawyer that that's been working on his case for like 10 years, mind you, working on the case for 10 years. And um, he's, you know, hoping to gearing up for the trial, hoping to not get locked up. So in gearing up for this trial, there are things that in documents that the lawyer has been requesting that has taken 10 years for the department to give me a sheet of paper how do you you know you're doing some fluke ass shit you raggedy bitches (laughs) how do you take 10 years to fax over a document i I mean 10 hours is not 
not not only that, but then you send over half-ass documents with not the full documents that I need. So y'all should you you can tell like like Brittany said you were doing some fluke ass shit. It took you ten years, and when I read that, my mouth just dropped, and I was like, there was a lawyer working on your case for ten fucking years it at one point in this case it could have been 11 12 years but at one point it took 10 years to get one thing that i was getting so that's probably constant calls from legal assistance and not not to mention like the time he had to wait to get her on the case right (laughs) right because i don't know i don't i don't know if she was was she working pro bono i don't know really where she came from who hired him i don't know they didn't they, they didn't mention that um but i do you know later on in the documentary shows that he was kind of working with the innocence project as well so i don't know maybe they took care of it but then you um one of the officers who was talking it wasn't sarah robinson or brazel who was talking but it was another police officer who was talking in the case and he was kind of like he was he's one of them trump supporters you could tell gray hair yes like he was like presuming that everything they said was right yes yeah him he was like you know she took the case because you know if if something good on their end comes out of it it's a big payday for her which it is it's that 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 that'll put her name out there that'll give her some recognition or whatever but if it's if y'all were doing what the fuck y'all was supposed to do in the first place maybe it wouldn't have to be a big payday for her if you just put the right person in jail right um so let me so going back to them taking 10 years i was really appalled at one point something that she asked for they asked her they told her it was going to be thirty four hundred dollars to get this document it was like 1500 pages yeah and i'm like well okay excuse me and she cut the check the very next day so she was never the hold up of course but i never knew that the police department could charge you for documents thirty four hundred dollars they said she cut the check in six hours and i'm sure she was doing other things you know i'm sure the money was not the hold up i'm sure she had other shit to do but i mean you you want this money and i want my documents so i want my documents as fast as i gave the money but I'm still stuck on the fact that they charge for the documents. Oh then, yeah. Then, then that she gets into. Okay, so we all know the timeline of how things happen doesn't add up. Which to me, it, this is also what confuses me because the timeline does does not add up. So if he was supposed to be with Terry at that time, but Terry did do it. Then all of a sudden, the Rosa Sanchez girl was there. And they had, and then there was another guy that supposedly saw them afterwards, like around the corner or something, and they were trying to match the times up. So I'm like, well, if he did go to Walgreens with Terry, maybe Terry had already, what, dropped him off. And then did, it was confusing to me because I'm like, okay, so we know the times do not match up whatsoever. Yeah, he but, was not in Walgreens for a long period of time. He tells you on a documentary several times, I went to Walgreens to buy Pampers for my cousin. But okay, so if Terry was to have done it, they were presumed that Terry would have done it while he was in a Walgreens. Because when I talked to my brother about it, he was like, "Yeah, he did it," and I was like, "Well, I didn't get that he that Terry actually did it. I thought he well, Terry was from 
the uncle made the story up that says, yeah, Sean told me that when he came out of the Walgreens, Terry rushed up to him and said, hurry up, get in the car. We got to go. Sean asked Terry, what's going on? Terry says, I just killed the police officer. And they pull off. So he was with Terry. And then I guess since Terry found himself in some shit, Terry like, oh, well, he didn't come in there. Yes, yeah. in trouble. So I don't, I don't, I never believe that Terry actually did it because that shit don't make no sense. I don't yeah. see what Terry's motivation was. Um, I'm not killing no officer for no gun. Like that's the re- that's the sole reason why we killing him. Like I can get a gun anywhere. Not only that, the way that his window wasn't all the way down, so the way they killed him, it was almost impossible to shoot him at those angles. It was he was clearly shot from inside the fucking car. And so when they were doing the after you know he got the, the new lawyer Rosemary. They were doing the ballistics on the car. They have the window cracked, like the window was cracked. Um, one of the statements that was made was the killer who shot the gun, shot the gun with their left hand. Mm-hmm. And then the person who was on the legal team was like, oh, but Sean is right-handed, right? Right, that's like, exactly what you so it doesn't make sense like i can't i'm right-handed i can't do shit with my left hand i cannot i can't i can hold a pencil but it's awkward as hell so i can't i so i imagine holding a gun with your left hand that's not your dominant hand you can't do that so if you were to try to hold a gun with your right hand this i'm sure you could shoot somebody but not at the same angles and directly right you can't do that girl that gun would have slipped out like oh i was about to shoot you i was about to shoot you and you better be glad that this motherfucker fell out of my hand now you give me a running start so i can get out of here now (laughs) go back to sleep (laughs) (laughs) so with all this being said when they finally did send the document over that took 10 fucking years this shit wasn't complete Now, then I'll add it on top of this. There was some re- reward money that was issued to somebody. And all they wanted to know was who did that money go to? It's and they go to Rose, Rosemarie. What's the girl's name? Rosa. Rosa, somebody, Rosa Sanchez it was supposed to go to her. Uh, uh, they Cruz. <laughs> They're supposed to go to her, I guess. But did they ever really like, they were having, they were giving them a hard time finding out who got the money because they were making it seem as though they didn't know like how do you cut a check for something and you don't know right they were trying to find out who funded the reward money Mm -hmm. and see who got the reward money because there's no receipts or anything that says hey this money was given to such and such and then once they contacted rosa oh yes i got the reward money okay how much was it Oh, I don't remember. That's the part right there. Like, why wouldn't you, Rosa? But you also somebody gave you twenty five hundred dollars, twenty five thousand, or that you don't remember somebody gave you five dollars. I don't remember shit under ten dollars, but I do. (laughs) I do remember. I try to remember anything above that. So I have a theory behind it. I wonder if they gave her some of their drug money. But then kept a portion of the drug money for themselves. So maybe that's why she doesn't. She's not sure about how much money she got or whatever. I'm sure she gave some of that money right back to her quote unquote uncle. 
Okay, so but they really it really was a reward out for him. So again, who was funding the reward? And you think they just gave her stacks of like even if they gave her drug money under the table, it was I wonder if they gave her drug money and then kept the reward money for themselves. Oh, uh, got you. Like gave her just like here go, here go some crumbs. Here go five hundred dollars. All right then. And shout out to you, my nigga, because you did a good job on this case with me. What? Right. <laughs> not funny, but yeah. So this is everything that Rosemary, the new lawyer, is is pulling up to gear up for this next trial to um she's getting all her evidence and things together at some point they went to like a hearing or something before the trial like a briefing or something that they were um like almost like where it was like a was it like a panel of people no i think at one time it was just this one judge and this was like a briefing before the trial and somehow the prosecution pulled out some type of document he pulled out that piece of paper like Oh, we we just got the paper. <laughs> what was that paper? And and then the even the 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 judge was like, well, what am I supposed to do with this? How was I supposed to like? Because whatever evidence you present in a trial, everybody's supposed to know about. It. You can't pull the shit out the same day right. and decide this is groundbreaking. You can't do that. It has to be like past. You know, you have to give your other, you have to give the other team some time to go over it so they can build their case for it as well. Right. So I can't like remember account. what that paper was to save my life. I can't either, but it was something that was supposedly important, but it was also bullshit. Yeah. Because the judge was like, have what I mean, what am I supposed to do with this? And the guy was like, you know, uh, you could just tell it was some bullshit. Yeah, even his answer was bullshit. His answer was like, well, we were having some issues with the pa- the document was so large we had to scan it in you know in two pieces so I think there was something wrong with the scanner and da 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 okay well if something was wrong with the scanner don't present this at all right but this is my thing I wanted I don't know that the since it had been twenty two years were the other officers still working there um so let's go back a little bit. The officer, so the FBI got involved with uh, and the corruption that Sarah and Robinson were doing in Brazil. They got involved in it and realized that they were doing larceny and, you know, stealing from all these other people and stealing from, you know, the department. And so uh, Brazil, I mean, not Brazil, but Sarah and Robinson were actually convicted and they were doing time in jail. I missed that. Yeah, so they were they were in jail. Sarah and Robinson got convicted because of all the... Okay. Yeah, so they, they just did a mere three years in jail. Per, per person. All right, so that's all. They got a little, little tap on the hand, so clearly... Mm-hmm after jail they didn't go back to work but they just got to serve their time mm-hmm. uh, it doesn't even say if they even did their full time or not so I'm, I'm wondering if they did I'm gonna look that up while you keep chatting okay so I'm saying all that to say as they're gearing up for this trial for which is the name of the documentary the fourth trial now like they so that that meeting that we were talking about was us i guess a summons to 
get permission to get another trial. And in that meeting, she got the judge to somehow give him a bail. I think it was like they came up with $50,000 to get him out of jail um, mm-hmm. until the trial, and you know, as, he, as they prepare for trial. My thing was, if the current police officers, the, the old police officers are no longer working there, what motivation does the Boston Police Department have really to continue to make this man guilty? Is it just to save face because the whole department, they don't want the whole department to look guilty? But they had new people still working to dig up shit. So I'm just wondering, like, who was there previously that would have still been trying to, like, okay, let's let's keep this going? You know, like, or were, were they really just, you know, the new officers were just, like, believing what, you know, what was, what their fellow police officer said before and just continuing because they were still going hard trying to convict this man it didn't get better because 22 years had passed and officers weren't there and it was new people none of that 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 wasn't it um mind you they were also in the it was also they were in the race for um i think another district attorney and there was a guy who was gonna be so they wanted the current district attorney out um because that would that would help their case and they had a lot of other like um progressive sounding this district attorneys that were running and it ended up um going to a black lady but i think she just wasn't so quick to just be like oh yeah like she knew about it but she still had to you know kind of get acclimated in office and she was just like i'm not going to overrule anything until i you know i come in i don't come into january and i think his trial was in December I can't remember but it was that she had she hadn't even been in office yet she was like she was like three weeks until uh three three weeks until she took her position Mm -hmm. when they decided to make that announcement so they wanted to go the other district attorney wanted to go ahead and just like save face basically just to get it out the way so he could have something like oh look at this noble thing that i've done right but then it was a situation where she could have still the new district attorney could have still come in and said like well you know i don't think that's right so we're gonna kick start all this shit up again you know see what i have to say about it right and i think her coming in would have is kind of like you know she still if she would have completely hopped on his side it could have, you know, since it still is a a public office, it still could have looked bad because then, I mean, at this point we in politics, so now we got to consider like how this looks. I just came in here and I'm automatically on his side and then now I got the Boston Police Department against me. So she had a lot, you know, I can see why she wouldn't just go with that. Um, neither here nor there. Get off your computer. Okay. Neither here nor there because what happened was I think once they were, as they were gearing up for trial, they realized they just didn't have no more evidence, didn't have enough evidence to really convict this man for the fourth time. And this is really fucking ridiculous that you get four damn trials, um, which is good for him that, you know, so that he could at least be out, but it shouldn't take that much tri- taxpayers' money twenty in twenty in a court of a course of over twenty two years 
to figure out that you don't got enough evidence for this. And mm-hmm. now, mind you, it was a lot of people like Rosa and even the prosecutor. They didn't. Co- they didn't um, cooperate with the documentary because I would have loved to hear from her. I would have loved to hear. And then I like this documentary because they named every person who wasn't cooperating on every episode. Yep. Like, let the record show. We ain't hear from this nigga, that nigga, or that one. Yep. And one thing that really burned me up uh, when they decided, like, hey, we're not going to go ahead and pursue this anymore. Um, it had to be some cap-ass black man who said it. But he was like, we're not going to... We're, we're, we're going to go ahead and dismiss our charges uh-huh. because of... We're doing it solely based on evidence, not because we think he's innocent. And that is really what pissed me off because, yes, this man is free, but now he's free because, because like I said in the beginning to start this off, we always assume that if somebody's convicted or somebody's in handcuffs that they're guilty. So we're always putting a lot, we're giving the police a lot. And, you know, knowing that they do really lazy policing and knowing that it's corruption and we're not talking about oh well that's not all of them it's just a few no we're talking about a good amount when it's convenient for them it's corruption so you better believe that and just for him to say that now he's walking around like yeah i'm free but you know it's plenty of people probably sending him death threats and thinks that he should be in jail you know what i mean that 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 makes it he's not he wasn't exonerated everything was just dropped so you did all that. You wasted this man's life for 22 years. How many ever months in 29 days? Because he loves to, you know, this is how long y'all had me in, in prison for, for no reason. Y'all wasted this man's time to do all of that to just drop the charges. You know you didn't. If, and if that was the case, guess what? You knew from trial one you didn't have enough evidence. Right, so you could have been dropped the charges, but now 22 years later is when you can't drum up fake shit. You can't talk to nobody else. You know what I'm saying? All this shit is old. Then the the her the new lawyer was definitely finding out new shit. Yeah, she was it's on their neck for real. She was on their neck. She was on their neck. They were really annoyed by her. I could tell, and they just realized, like, you know what? We gonna we can't we can't afford to put more time and resources in this case let it go but we're gonna say this and just fuck him over so yes he's free he's out and that's great but it it there's people that i mean most people a lot of people still think that he's guilty because the the police department won't exonerate him and i just think that's super fucked up to end it that way um because he seems to be a hard-working nice guy and then on top of all of this (laughs) As he was, like, getting convicted, like, when he was younger, when this happened, his mom was, like, on drugs really bad. His cousin had just died. It was, like, a lot of shit he went through that we didn't even get to really go deep into because he's focused on being in jail. If dad wasn't around, yeah, he his, he had a, a older brother who had passed away. It was just, it's a lot. And so after the the documentary went off, like, my husband watched, like, the last two episodes with me. And after it was over, I just thought, now I'm kind of like in the mindset of when things happen to me, what lesson am I supposed to get out of this? Or what am I supposed to be, you know, what am I, what it, what's keeping me away from what I was supposed to, you know, had plans on doing or whatever. So I was just thinking like, 
So what's the lesson behind all this? What's the what's the takeaway? Is is this him going through this? Was this supposed to catapult him into being an advocate for people who were in jail or you know, people who are innocent and stuff like that? But it, even if it was, it didn't have to take twenty two years to do that. <laughs> it could have taken a year, and he would have been you know he felt the same way. Um, so I just it just it's just mine going to be like what what's the lesson what's the takeaway in all this the sad part well one thing about it i would assume they didn't say this in the documentary but it seemed like it was almost implied that they were going to take them to court since you dropped the charges against me i wonder like can they take them to court like on a civil matter and sue them to get money for you know since he was in jail for so long i think it yeah, I, think, I was waiting for that too. I was like, so I wonder how much money he got after all this. But then there will also be if he got money, there will be an admission of the police department's guilt. And I know if if he did, then of course the lawyer will be getting a huge payday. And which even if they gave him $32 million, I mean, you still took away 20 million life. No. That's not enough. I don't know what would be enough for me to have been okay with going to jail at 19 and coming out in my 40s. I just read Ellis was wrong, wrongfully charged or convicted. We would have acted on it immediately, says an officer. <laughs> at this point, we have no reports that Ellis has received any sort of compensation or settlement for his years behind bars. And this was as of November 12, 2020. Mm. But I wonder if they're pursuing it but i guess it's it's no dollar amount that you can give me no it's not i mean i'm gonna take it i'm gonna take it but there's no dollar amount that would be that can compensate for my 22 years i I, he could have been planning a family he could have had a wife he could have you know been a millionaire by now you know who knows what he would have done to change you know the world around him you now will never know because he was locked away for 22 years. Like, it's just asinine to me. And it's scary because this shit could happen to anybody. They could walk in my, just like it's, you know, y'all please watch the documentary because there's so many, along with this story, there are stories inside of the story. But just like, you know, the, the, the guy they were talking about in the story where the police officer, he was sitting in his car, got out of his car and the police officer was like, a stare and Robinson put a gun to his head. It was like, give me, you know, give us what we're looking for. The Hispanic guy? Yes. Oh, and then we failed to mention that Mulligan, the guy that was killed, was supposedly messing with the daughter or niece of another officer in another precinct or something. And that got, this, now this is evidence of of somebody coming back and telling the police department that guy said if when i catch him when i see him i'm gonna put bullets in his head you know right between his forehead while he sleep at walgreens yeah this was on this is something that yeah so it was it was a it was a uh what are the people called it in jail the security not security because they're not security oh um damn i know what you're saying but i can't i can't yeah, the person who worked in the jail, who told an op, you know, somebody on the prosecution. I mean, the was the defense team mm-hmm. the, on the defense. Like, hey, 
um, Mulligan was sleeping with my little sister. My little sister was 13 years old. My dad, my dad found out. He said that he was gonna put put a bullet in between Mulligan's eyes. Yeah, he was found dead. He had a bullet in between his eyes. <laughs> in the pants down. So it's like, so at no point, and did nobody think to even ask about this? And the police officer was like, Nope, I didn't say that. No. I mean, you I can't prove it. Like, you can't prove it. <laughs> you can't prove it. You can't go based off of what. Yeah, I said it. I there was actually, it. there was actually paperwork with that statement on there. Yes, that they covered up, and it's just like, wait, so we just gonna look over that? Like this is literally what the nigga said he was gonna do. Yeah, and a part of me wanted to be like, well, then why ain't you just hop up and say you did it? But of course, nobody wants to volunteer to go to jail. Yep. But I did say I had, you know, I did say I was going to do this. Yep. And so they just, they failed him. The system failed him, of course. It's not for us. Um, yeah. And it just was really sad. And it just, it hit me differently because once I realized like how he got out, because I kept falling asleep on the last episode. And then once I realized, you know, got to the end and I realized how he got out and I just kind of looked like, really? That's how it's going to end like that? Mm-hmm. You know, I'm pretty sure he's not like, oh, well, then put me back in jail. You know, but just just to know that you still are looked at as a criminal, even though you did all this time. And this this man is just nobody gave a fuck about Mulligan anyway. Yeah. But anyway, that was that was the story of Sean Ellis and Trial Four. You guys, please go watch it. Um, it it was really just tragic. But I mean, it's almost like it's some shit that's made up. But also, people in Boston are really, really racist. That's all. Yeah. Um, at first, I was not gonna watch it until Anika, you know, told me like to watch it because I am so tired of uh, trauma porn when it comes to black people. I'm so tired. <laughs> um, but it was, it was really good. The documentary, and I hope that he gets the justice that he deserves because he does he deserves to have uh it be the Sean Ellis the police department. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I mean and, and then and then on top of it, I think the um Terry guy had got out. Oh yes. Terry took you know so uh, to go back just a little bit they you know rosemary presented to him because that's what she has to do as your legal defendant like okay hey they want to offer you a deal they said you know you get time served if you plead guilty he was like no because i don't fucking do it and so they presented the same deal to terry and i guess and, and terry took the plea deal um and he probably took the i i still don't believe that he did it if he did it he did it but he probably took the plea deal because he's number one tired of being in jail right if you didn't do it and then number two, if he had good counsel, they didn't say that he had good counsel. So I doubt that he did. He didn't have like, you know, good defense lawyers or any of that. So he was probably tired of being in jail. But I would, if I if I know that I truly did not do it, maybe, and maybe he was like, I, I don't see any out to this situation, but this. But right. then look at your life when you get out of jail. Like you can't get a job because now you, you're a cop killer. That's what people can call you. You know, you killed a cop. Literally, niggas in the hood should go up for you though. But not, but okay. <laughs> They're not. Though. 
They not. Now you're going to put yourself right back into the system because you can't find a job. So what else do you go to? You go to drugs. Or, you know, you're... It's, it's very rare that people get out of jail and become entrepreneurs. Like, you hardly ever hear that. But They make it really hard for a reason. Like, okay, you're going to go to jail. Not only are you going to serve time here, when you get out, if you get out, then you don't have no type of quality of life. And that's just what it is because okay. of that mistake you made. There's been plenty of times where I hear people who have spent so much time in jail and they get back into, you know, freedom in the real world. And it's so hard for them to get acclimated back into the real world. And so I'm just going to go back to jail because that's all I know. Yeah. Just like when something that he was saying, they went to the store once he got out after 22 years. And he asked his mom, like, just in a, in a, I think it was like a convenience store. He's like, uh, can we go down this aisle? And she was like, yeah. Like, why wouldn't you be able to go here? Mm-hmm. In jail, they do things, you know, a certain way. You got to go, you know, do things this way and that way. So it's not a lot of freedom on, you know, where you can, what you can do. And even like taking a shower. Yeah. Or taking a shower, you know, so quickly. So it's it's it just it's it's just a lot, and I just hate that you know, that's the type of stuff that you know, situations we find our us and our men find um, themselves in, and even even if you don't, it it just it just hit close to home because if somebody springs something on, you know, your husband or somebody you know, and eventually the police are gonna come to you, and you know if they threaten to take your kids, like it could it's that close. Yeah. Not that you the one that did it, because you was at Walgreens buying Pampers, but just that I know somebody. Yep. <sighs> Hell, I remember a time when niggas had warrants for their arrest on some license shit, and they all at your mama house. At your mom's house. Girl, we ain't even gonna go there. This is, this is just, this, mm, okay. I'm, sure, I'm finna send her a message, be like, you remember when you had the phase at my mama's house? <laughs> I didn't do it like this one time it wasn't me shawty it was me I seen you driving that car what I'm like you y'all be lying there's a stick shift sir I'm the only one out of the group who know how to drive it you can't drive it <laughs> yeah they just be lying child. they be lying and you, you know, it was just so easy for my mama to be like, "All right, come on, check the house," just because you wouldn't be, you don't want to be caught up in none of that, you know. So yeah, anywho, that's that's another tale for another day, guys. Maybe never days. Maybe never days. <laughs> but anyway, um, let's take a break, you guys, and we will be back. Okay, and we're back. We're back. So, this is our audacity segment. The segment where if niggas ain't got shit else, they got the what, Brittany? I'm just gonna, I'm gonna be polite today. They have the audacity, and frankly, I'm tired of it. <laughs> Do you have one? Cause I, I don't. You don't? I do you not. don't? I don't. I've been, I've been, you know, chilling by myself this week. I ain't nothing else. Mm-mm. 
It's just been watching real a lot of reality TV. Okay, nobody on there had the audacity. They do. I'm not, but I'm not finished yet. So oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sad because I don't have one that I'm willing to share. Audacity just be so large that you know. You don't even have like a little tiny one. Nothing. I haven't been watching much TV. The only audacity I say is Brazzle, Robinson, and Al Sarah had the biggest fucking audacity, but that's just so large that I don't have enough room in my audacity capacity. I hope that every time they go to wipe their ass, they feel like they're getting, uh, they wiping their ass with a thorn bush. I, I hope, I, I yeah. And then spray it with alcohol afterwards. Ooh, wee. And they probably would even mind. That's probably minimal for all the shit that they that we don't know about. They did. So no, I actually got even if it's like even if it's soft, like it split your booty, your uh, your anus, tear your anus, like you can have a baby or some shit. <laughs> Thank you. I'm sorry <laughs> for that visual. Because when I say "youch," oh, the reality show I am watching, y'all. I'm watching Real Housewives of Potomac, and. One of the girls did have a baby on it. I'm not going to say this to scare you, but it did scare me, okay? okay. She she had her baby, and she her baby tore her anus. Like, for real, for real. And she said in order to have a bowel movement, they had to inject her booty hole with Botox. Now, what if your insurance don't cover that? <laughs> Brittany. Come back. <laughs> Bitch, Botox. You just what kind of <laughs> I'm so done with her. Man, like, your deductible is six thousand dollars. You have not made it yet. What the fuck are you gonna do? Don't worry, I'm gonna be there with my needle and thread just to sew your booty. Um, is do what just give me the colostomy bag. <laughs> Redirect this shit. Literally, I don't know what to do. <laughs> if that's a Botox, Botox. Say what? Everybody was at the table with their mouth just hung open, like, girl, we trying to eat the fuck. So if th- that ever happens, so you know how like you got a, a splinter when you was little and your mama took a needle and just a lighter and mm-hmm. to disinfect the lighter and di- I mean to disinfect the needle and then got gotcha. your your mama ever did that to you? It was more my stepdad. My mama didn't do pain and stuff. This time I'll be with you when it's time I saw you back up. I'm like, all right, girl. I'm gonna have my lighter and my needle. I'm like, all right. I really I got to put my sewing machine. I oh Lord. That I'm sorry. I so had when to they, tell somebody I had to tell somebody. I'm sorry. I got a question now. I'm about to be Googling this. If you get sewed up, is it a curved needle like a sewing or just straight needle like like you like you use? All right, guys, and that's all for the audacity segment. <laughs> <laughs> this bitch got the audacity to use a bow top. That ain't never not who insurance. I can guarantee you United ain't doing that. I'm finna look it up. I'm finna look it up. Botox? Um, what kind of needle? What's the question? What kind of needle do you get sewn up with? Do you get sewn 
up from vaginal tear after ooh that make my I had to squeeze my, my cooch after that I had to suck her back alright for the record I don't plan on tearing I'm just I have to be calm you just so. you got this ooh this little needle got a hook in it baby I figured it had to have like a little curve because that straight shit just don't seem like it will. Ooh, we Lord, Lord, Lord. Yeah, it, yeah, it looked like it looked like the needle that you get stitches with. Okay, like got you. Hmm. That was well, coming from somebody who had to get stitches. Just one time or two times or three times? Ooh, who do I have to get stitches with? I think I had to get stitches with Carson. Really? Yes, it wasn't it wasn't major. But let me tell you something. That pee after you get stoned up. Yeah. Ouch. <laughs> <laughs> you had to break it down in syllables. That's how I know it hurts. And y'all, y'all, I have a pretty high pain tolerance, but when I tell you I want to jump out of my motherfucking skin. I was like, well, I ain't got to pee no more. I ain't got to do this no more. <laughs> and after that one, it should take some of the burn away, but it probably is a couple. Uh, of- I, don't, I don't want no motherfucking liquids after this. Don't give me a drop of ice. I don't know. I don't got the ice is going to burn it too? It, the ice is going to melt into liquid, which is going to turn into water. And I don't want to drink no liquids. I'm good. I'm Gucci. I will be dehydrating this bitch. And do not bring me a bag. I will die. No. No. Okay. I got I to gotta resolve for that a little bit. We'll talk about that afterwards. Anyways, let's move on. (laughs) Y'all weren't supposed to hear all that. All right, let's move on to our stone of the week. Do we have a stone? Yes, we do. All right, this stone of the week is uh, called Fuchite. It is known as uh, Chrome Mica. It is a crystal of the mica family. Um, it's green in color. It is a very green, light green stone. It can be found in the medium to dark green. Um, Fuchsia is a stone of love and compassion that is here to rejuvenate one's emotional body. The stone will take weight off your shoulders each day to provide a nourishing vibration to one's body, heart, and soul. Fuchsia's power pushes one into a very relaxed state. And it's perfect for someone who's looking to engage in deep meditation sessions, which I need to do. Um, yes, and that is fuchsia. I want to see what sh- I think it has the chakra. It's the heart chakra. Mm. So, oh, that right. That stone is speaking to me directly right here. Right here. I need that. In your heart? In my heart. Yes. So. I will be looking for that. Uh, my daughter's birthday is coming up, so one thing she wants to do is go to the crystal shop. So I'm going to see if I can find uh, some fuchsia there. If I find us some, I will send you some. Please do. That would be very, very wonderful. I'm just. I'm finishing you and baby whole sets of crystals. That's. You know what? Come on, because we're gonna get her up for the photo shoot with my crystals. Oh yeah, she needs each. You know, she needs each one for each chakra. I got. You. I got you. I got you. Her bike. With a little booty tooted up a little bit. I got you, baby. She's gonna be like, girl, these crystals cold now. This girl gonna come out super like uh supercharged like motherfucking Dragon Ball Z. You know what? She deserves. I deserve 
for that to be. Well, that that's interesting. I've never heard of fuchsia. Definitely have to look into that. When I heard about it, I was like, this definitely has to be like a red colored stone. But I was tricked. I was thinking that too, like red, yeah, reddish purple or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, do you have anything that you're manifesting for this week? Yes, I'm is. I'm manifesting um, positive energy for this week, and that's all I really can say. Um, okay. Now, I'd be tired of manifesting productivity because I feel like it's hard for you to be productive right now. So just rest while you can. Yes. We're, we're manifesting for Anika, guys, as a collective BGM. We're manifesting rest and a full night's sleep and no stress. And no stress, yes. Healthy baby. We don't want no crybabies. That's what we're manifesting. We do not. Relax your jaw. Put your shoulders down. Right. (laughs) This week, I am still manifesting good news. No Megan and Stallion. Uh, I'm still waiting to hear back from something that I'm very excited to hear back from. And it's the holiday, so I'm going to be patient because I think this is a lesson in patience. So this is, I do check my email and my status every day and I'm still in there. So Um, just patience and good news. And that's just they don't eat. Make sure you listen to Megan all week. Babe. That with an album name like Good News. Like, come on now. I can't help but to listen to that first track over and over and over and over and over. And if the beat lag, you know, Lil' you made it. Let me tell you something. My favorite, I like that first track. I don't know what it's called. I know what you're talking about. The one about Tori. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Kelsey says she went so fast over over her. I'm gonna have to. I have to go back. We have to break that down. But I like uh, Cry Baby. It's a Cry Baby, Sugar Baby. I didn't really care for that one. Really? Let me go back and listen. Or does she have one that's called Cry Baby and Sugar Baby? Yes. Okay, so I didn't care for Cry Baby, but I need to go back and listen to Sugar Baby then. Sugar Baby is on Webby's. It's sample Webby's um, Bad Bitch. Oh, yeah, I did like that one. I like that one. I like that one. You flip everything over and, you know, figure out a way to twerk around this situation because this don't work. Um, and it's so sad that I can't, like, this is the album to just, like, Urgh. Yeah. I was reading somewhere today that said, it might have been somebody that I followed that posted this, but it says, like, if you're in a bad mood, so much sexuality and you know twerking and and you know seductive dancing if you're in a bad mood to do it because all the energy is tied into like your sacral chakra Mm -hmm. and so after you get done twerking and you know dancing just listen to your music just pay attention to how good you feel afterwards it's like Mm -hmm. after i do twerk and even if i'm doing it by myself i do feel feel like a brand new person now I'm wishing I'm 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 wishing that I was doing a lot more twerking when I didn't have something stuck in my uterus because my ass definitely moves differently. It's it's more like a a itch. It ain't right. But as long as you're dancing, it still make you happy though. Yeah, you're right. I need to. Yeah. <laughs> no mirrors. Let me just dance freely and just. Yeah. Yeah, I need to. I need to give that uh 
another go around like a listen for real for real because i just i just replay the first track over and over and over and over yeah it's definitely a good album um all right guys well we are out this bitch and um if you have anything else you'd like to add to our um synopsis of trial four please do not hesitate to send us an email at blackgirlmanifest at gmail.com that's blk girl manifest at gmail.com all right see y'all next week bye